You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Hello there, it's the Broncos country, and it's once again time for another episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host today, Nick Kendall, and along with me is Mile High Huddle Senior Draft Analyst, Eric Trickle. Eric, how are you doing tonight? Day two of the NFL Draft. I am tired, but I'm excited. I love the draft. Plus, I got to see Endgame, and I'm going to spoil everything for everyone, but not really, because I'm not that mean. But I'm, I'm really excited for the draft and what Denver's done so far. Yeah, man. And the power of being me is that I could edit it and put it out. So really, you'd only be spoiling it for me. Yeah, which is <laughs> worth it. Yeah, that's that's pretty petty. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> you win some, you lose some. But uh, yeah, no, dude, the draft's been great. Great weekend. You know, Game of Thrones, the end game. going to see that tomorrow with some friends and Natalie. And uh, the NFL draft, man, the day two, day even day one, you know, looking at it a whole as a whole. Pretty excited about that. But so, before we talk about that, oops, sorry, let me do this. Before we, before we talk about that and everything, I got to see is like with the whole thing with the Battle of Winterfell coming and, you know, end game. Did you catch my tweet about Starks? Uh, maybe. There's been a lot of tweets this weekend. I guess uh, one of the main Bronco guys, their director of scouting or whatever he is, his name is Brian Stark. Oh. So I made, a, I made a comment about how there's yet another Stark that's having a big weekend involving a battle or a war or something like that. Cause he's in the war room. They knew Drew Rock would fall that far, far because he's the three eyed Raven, Brian Stark, <laughs> <laughs> the three eyed Bronco. <laughs> so, well, cool. Yeah, but no, we got to move along here. Make sure you find us on Twitter at Eric trickle and, and myself at Nick Kennel MHH. Also, you can find the podcast Twitter account at BTB football pod and make sure to subscribe to our show and leave us a rating as we value your input on the show. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and even that of YouTube. Also, make sure you head over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital, to find ours and our co-writers' articles and all things pertaining to your Denver Broncos. This podcast was powered by Overtime Media. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Alrighty, and we're back, and we're going to talk about the Broncos day two today. They ended up taking Noah Fant yesterday after trading down with the Steelers to get a pick 52 overall, pick 20 overall to take Noah Fant, pick 52 overall, and a 2023rd. And the Broncos took Noah Fant, and now day two, the board falls, and the Broncos end up with fan favorite, in, inside line, offensive lineman, maybe right tackle. Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, and I know that a lot of us were pretty excited, and we had him on the podcast, but I want to hear your thoughts on this pick here, the value, the fit, everything that is Dalton Reisner. I really like the pick of Dalton Reisner. I think I I mentioned this. I tweeted this out as well. I mentioned it to you before we started recording, but he was my number 40th overall prospect, and then we got him at 41, and that's something that I'm going to note is – just the value for for my board and what Denver did because it's actually pretty good in relation for Denver. Normally, they typically have a reach and everything, but so on, so forth. But I digress from the point. I love his versatility, and I love the fact that they're going to step in and they're going to put him in at guard because the interior offensive line is weak. I mean, you have a guy who can't stay out on the field who's basically missed the full season in two years, Connor McGovern, who's playing center. Then you have Elijah Wilkinson, who's – probably best as depth and even then he deserves some competition so it's definitely a step forward he has that right attitude and i love his ability to polls to execute polls like any kind of poll like he is so good at executing them because he's going to be polling quite a bit in denver really love the pick really happy denver got him i know there's a lot of people there that were like oh he's not going to make it he's not going to make it but up until this last week i was pretty confident he would then i lost confidence and he ended up making it so I'm happy about that. That's the thing, man, with this whole process, it just takes one team falling in love with somebody. You know, you see Titus Howard go around one yesterday, Caleb McGarry, you know, there's some talk, maybe it'll happen, but then you see some of it, those guys going third round. So just takes one team to love a guy, but man, Dalton Reisner falling to the Broncos there really just have to be excited about that. I, you touched, you touched on his ability to play the interior. I'm curious, do you think he's going to be playing right guard or center? You know, obviously we're going to see how it kind of goes out on camp, but where's McGovern going to be? Where's Reisner going to be? All word is that he's going to be plugged in that guard. That's okay. everything that I've heard. That I think that uh, Mike Kliz tweeted that out as well, that he's going to be playing guard. Well, awesome. Yeah, that's. I am actually pretty surprised that he's going to be there. You know, I had a little bit of worry that you know, I posted an article probably about a month ago that we saw a run on interior offensive linemen last season early. You know, the Broncos, hey, maybe the Broncos will get Will Hernandez or uh, James Daniels. And then you see all those guys go off the board, Austin Corbett and even Braden Smith before the Broncos even pick. Cortland Sutton's not a bad consolation prize, but you know, it was a little bit of a risk, I guess, if he was your guy, but turned out pretty good in the end. Who went before him? Do you know? Do you have that? Traven Mullen to Oakland. Okay. Yeah, that's that's right. Traven Mullen to Oakland. So yeah, no, I'm excited. So no, now you have this pick in here. How is the offensive line looking with uh Munchak going forward? I'm really excited for it because Garrett Bowles, I mean Yes, he hasn't taken those steps that we've wanted so far, but having Mike Munchak there hopefully helps that. You have Dalton Reisner there who offers tackle versatility as well, and he's going to be working with Mike Munchak. I mean, I still have concerns about it. I'm glad they went and got Jawan James, but there's issues with him being able to stay out on the field. Ron Leary, issues with him being able to stay out on the field. I'd like to see them add a little bit more depth there, but 
They've only got three picks left in the draft. It's hard, going to be hard to see them pick up more to add some extra depth for it. But if they can, I would love to see them add another interior offensive lineman. I mean, even with Sam Jones there, I would still love to see them add another one just because of Ron Leary and another tackle that somebody that he can work on developing. But he is one of the, the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. I'd say at worst, he's number the third best. So high praise for him. He's highly regarded throughout the NFL, as everybody should know by now. And he's so good at teaching the technique and fundamentals of playing the offensive line, which is one thing I love about not just Mike Munchak, but everybody on the Broncos coaching staff, technique and fundamentals. Yeah, it's about time. You know, the offense gets a shot in the arm. The offensive line gets a shot in the arm. Tight end gets a shot in the arm. I mean, it's it's a lot of, you know, scratching where it itches is the saying, you know, as it goes. So, yeah, no, it's really exciting to get him inside the Definitely helps a lot. I mean, uh, Flacco is a quarterback who's been pretty dependent on having a clean pocket, especially up in the, up in front of him. Likes to have, be able to step up. And Drew Lock, a guy also, you want to keep him upright. So I, I guess that's the transition there. But first, we, sh- we got to take a quick break. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All righty, and we're back now. And the Broncos took Dalton Reisner there. And then everybody, there's confusion. We're talking. The Broncos traded up. No, the Broncos traded. Uh, actually, the Broncos trade up right behind the pick they just made to go back-to-back Dalton Reisner and then take the quarterback that they had been linked with since the Senior Bowl before that as well. Drew Locke, man, quite a, quite a journey to get to this point. But the Broncos end up getting their potential quarterback of the future. Yeah, I really like it, and there was a lot of confusion about it. I mean, I had multiple text messages, and none of them said that it was trading down or trading up, and they were trading up, but I just assumed that it was a trade down because I, being me and how tired I am, I actually completely forgot the trade down yesterday and that they got a second-round pick, that they got an additional one. So it was just, oh, they're trading down from 41. What's going on? And then it's like, nope, they're trading up, and then it clicked like, oh, yeah, they got that extra second. I love that they went there and they got aggressive. Uh, that's something that they've really wanted to kind of put a focus on. I mean, this whole offseason, going back to hiring their coaches, John Elway wanted to be more aggressive, be more assertive. We saw that with the hiring the coaches. We saw that with through free agency, going and getting Kareem Jackson, Jawan James, and then Bryce, Bryce Callahan later. And now we see it in the draft. He went, he got aggressive, he moved up, he got the guy that he likes at quarterback that he has wanted for a long time, a guy who he told face-to-face that you're a top-10 pick, and he managed to do it at 42. Absolutely love it. I love the aggressiveness from the Broncos, and I'm I'm happy that they ended up coming away with a quarterback like Drew Locke in this, in this year. Yeah, there's multiple points I want to get to here with Drew Locke. The first one is, I mean, you know, the Broncos quarterback situation, even Peyton Manning's last year, I like to say that, you know, but it's it's true. He struggled the Super Bowl season. But since then, you've been going with Mark Sanchez, and then you have Paxton Lynch, you have Trevor Simeon, you have Case Keenum, and even, you know, Chad Kelly, whatever the heck that was. I mean, gosh, I don't, let's not even go into that rabbit hole. I shouldn't even brought his name up. That's like... <laughs> Like his said, it's Voldemort. But, uh, and then now Joe Flacco. But you know what? Going from that to Joe Flacco and Drew Locke together, it's, you're putting better shots out there. You know what I mean? Like, you're not half assing it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you want to get a better quarterback, but you're going for it. You're putting better options out there. And you got to think that your odds are better of walking away with at least solid quarterback play with what the Broncos have right now than what they've had for the past few seasons. Yeah, and another thing that I really like about it is the similar skill set that we have between Drew Locke and Joe Flacco. That's going to help the growth of Drew Locke. Joe Flacco has a lot of similarities to him. That makes things easier. I 
a lot of people don't don't get that that in Baltimore there was only so much he can do with Lamar Jackson because they are such different quarterbacks, such different styles. But here we are, we've got Drew Locke who's got a big arm, and there's some technical issues that Joe Flacco had, and when he was coming into the NFL that he had to work on. So he knows what it's going to take, he knows what it needs to be, and he is a good mentor for that situation. Plus. There's no pressure on Joe Flacco from the first-round rookie quarterback. They were able to get him later. There's no pressure on Drew Locke to sit there and go start him, get him out there on the field. And there's no pressure on the front office or the coaching staff for that same reason, to go get him out on that field. Fans will need to be patient and understand that they're not trying to rush this. They're trying to be patient with him because they want to get that stuff developed and worked on. But a lot of good value in different ways in getting a guy, a quarterback like Drew Locke where they did. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And to me, worst case scenario with this Drew Locke pick, and this is going to make some people probably upset, but he still ended up being a value contractually for the Broncos is Brock Osweiler. You know, like he's kind of that low end, the high end backup, low end starter, but it's a, it's a lottery ticket. I mean, that that's worst case scenario I think you have with Drew Locke. I do not foresee this being a Paxton Lynch debacle. You're going to be able to get some value from Drew Locke and taking him at this point in the second round, the – the risk reward ratio is, you know, nothing. I mean, what are you losing? You're losing Demarcus Walker. The Broncos, the odds of hitting a really good second round pick are not great. Like, let's be completely honest. You're getting the quarterback now, one that fits your system. I mean, I, it's worth the risk reward ratio. Say that ten times fast, every single time. So I, I have no issue with it, and I, I want you to talk a little bit about why, you know, to you, he is such a good fit, not just for Flacco, but uh, Scangarello offense as well. Well, one thing that really stands out is his ability to throw off at different platforms. When you're having the quarterback that's going to be, you're going to be moving the pocket for a lot more often, having on those rollouts that not always are you going to be able to have them reset their feet and make the throw. So having that ability to make those off base throws is something that brings value. Of course, they don't want him doing that every single time when he, they, he can reset his feet. They want him, they're going to want him to. So getting that, broken down and fixed is is going to be a focus point but being able to push the ball downfield being able to fit the ball through tight windows being able to do basically all those things that should come naturally for a quarterback to be a good starting quarterback in the nfl it's all there and then he brings a good good mind to it he's not stupid when it comes to the game of football he's not lazy either he likes to play the game he loves to play the game actually and he's actually pretty bright from everything I've heard. He absolutely killed multiple teams, the whiteboard stuff. And some of them were really complicated because they wanted to test him because there was that talk going around that he's not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to playing the game, to reading defenses and stuff like that. And he shut all those questions down. So the only reason why that I think he could have fallen this far is because of the fact that there's so many teams that are either putting off a quarterback or have a quarterback they can believe in. But again, I digress from the point is what he brings is just that skill set that fits perfectly into the offense with being able to, again, being able to make those off balance throws, pushing the ball downfield, fitting the tight windows. And plus, if they want to throw some RPOs in there, they can yeah. because he's a decent athlete. Actually, he's more than a decent athlete. He's a pretty solid athlete for a quarterback to be able to run those and be effective. Yeah, no, that's something about his game that I like a heck of a lot. You know, the ability to make plays out of structure. 
and make plays off platform. That's something that he, I thought was a big contrast between him and Haskins. So he's going to need time. I mean, one year would probably, he probably that worst one year, but, but you know, maybe two years, that wouldn't be the worst either. So we'll see. They are going to want to get him out there before the rookie contract is over. Obviously this probably doesn't turn into a Peyton Manning situation where we didn't get to see Osweiler because the veteran they brought in, you know, never, <laughs> never uh, faded, you know, obviously Peyton Manning went on, won a Super Bowl in his last year. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I mean, yeah, to talk about some of the negatives here. I mean, we're painting him up pretty high. He did fall to early mid second round. Yeah, and I think part of that is the footwork issue that he has of not always resetting his feet, not pointing his feet where he's wanting to throw the ball, things like that. The more the stuff with the lower body, I think that's one big reason he fell. But again, as I said earlier, is I think a bigger reason that a lot of people are talking about is how many quarterbacks needed a quarterback this year and weren't kicking the can down the road, or went and got a different one. I mean, I, mean, the, I, the I can't think even. I can't think of any quarterback or any teams that really need a quarterback at this point off the top of my head because they either have that veteran that they can go on or they went and got someone or they already have a young quarterback. So if there's no need for the position, that player is going to fall. It's not like quarterbacks, not like offensive line where you have five spots or cornerback where you have two spots or three spots now with how teams are going into nickel packages so often it's not like these other positions where you have two three four starters depending on where you're at it's you have one starter and most teams anymore have one backup and then you have one guy sitting on the practice squad that you either get late in the draft or undrafted so he he was going to fall for that reason yeah and to me, I mean, Daniel Jones can go six and Drew Locke can go what it ended up being 42, just crazy yep. times. But, you know, that's I'm, I'm excited to have him on the Broncos. And I think that it's worth the risk reward. You know, if he ends up, he there's no way he can be less valuable than Paxton Lynch or Demarcus Walker. So, you know, there's a lot of value there. So I can't I can't hate it. And I really think that two of his favorite players that he's going to have going forward are going to be the two guys taken before him. So he's. I'm definitely going to enjoy Reisner and Fant. And I got to say, what do you think this this fall brings to his psyche going forward? You know, he talked about having a, a Pringles-sized chip on his shoulder going forward. One thing that I heard a lot is how competitive he is. That he do- It doesn't always show. The fire doesn't always show there. But I spoke to a lot of people that said that he is actually really competitive. And this is just going to make it worse. I mean, even the team that drafted him, the general manager of the team that drafted him, told him face-to-face, you're going to be a top-10 pick. Like, that is going to make him just have the, I think a king-size Pringle can chip, size chip, (laughs) is even a little small for how big that chip on his shoulder is going to be. Both shoulders. He is is going to want to go out there and prove every single person wrong that for passing on him. And that includes John Elway and the Broncos. Even though they took him, they already passed on him twice. So, that just adds to it. Almost every team passed on him i think only two teams didn't the bears and or three teams because i guess the saints and the cowboys as well yeah man yeah that makes that's a lot of sense so yeah really exciting to have uh drew lock now on the team dalton reisner and noah fant one more break we'll be right back this is the overtime podcast network
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back, and the Broncos finished off day two of the NFL draft with Draymond Jones, interior defensive lineman from Ohio State, had a very productive year this past year. You know, came in a little bit. You know, he's kind of a little bit of a tweener. There's some Demarcus Walker body comparisons. I'm not saying he's going to be the exact same player, but curious about your thoughts about this player, Draymond Jones, interior pass rusher, and his fit in the Broncos defense. I understand that he has a kind of a similar frame to Demarcus. Walker, but I think he's got brings a little bit more quickness and athleticism to the table than Demarcus Walker does, and I think that there is a some room on the frame to add another ten pounds or so. Demarcus Walker kind of got maxed out about between about right around two eighty, and he didn't bring that quickness or the athleticism that you kind of want from how Denver's going to use him. So I think that's one big thing that really bodes well for DeMarc or for Draymond Jones and in a one gap scheme, especially you've got to fire off the snap and into the gap quickly. That's the biggest thing. You have to be quick off the snap and into the gap. Walker isn't. So I think that right there, even if he doesn't add bulk up a little bit, add that extra 10, 15 pounds that I think his frame can handle He's so quick off the snap that it's going to be hard to handle, especially when you have someone like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and Shelby Harris there around him. So that's just one of the many things that he he brings is just that quickness. And I don't know how many times watching Ohio State that he was the first one off the snap. Basically, every single game after Bosa was hurt, he was pretty consistently, too. And Ah, he was Chase Young. Chase Young is pretty electric he he is but i mean i don't chart how quick how fast they off snap but yeah. from what i noticed it was jones quite a bit yeah i mean and that's not a knock on chase young he was he's gonna he's gonna be great but just how quick he was and uh i, ju- I just can't get over how quick he was his uh, burst yeah he's got he's got the good closing burst but uh what i like is that he was trusted it wasn't to it wasn't a situation where he was getting pulled off the field a lot. He was left out there. So I can't off the top of my head, I can't think of him against the run. I'm just so tired that I'm just stuck on his quickness and how quick he is. But I like that Ohio State he was trusted and left out on the field. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am excited to see what he can do. I do like his burst. Very productive this one year, even when Nick Bosa went out. Like you said, he became the primary pass rusher there with Chase Young on the outside or beta pass pass rusher. But I think he's going to be a really good fit here. And, you know, as always, Bill Collar gets what Bill Collar wants. Hopefully this ends up being a Bill Collar pick. We'll hopefully find out about that. But I'm all about adding an interior pass rush. I did hope that maybe Zach Allen would fall to them there. But, you know, that's what can you do? I do got to ask, though, you know, I, I think when he, the pick came up, I thought that Jermaine Pratt was going to be the pick. Were you surprised that it wasn't Jermaine Pratt? I was. 
because I had heard a lot of talk about how Vic Fangio absolutely loved Jermaine Pratt, how he was one of, if not his favorite linebacker in this class. So I was really expecting it to be the pick when he come up, when they came up on the clock. But afterwards, I got a text message saying that they really discussed Jermaine Pratt, but what did it for him was that Draymond Jones was higher up their board. That, that that was the kicker was he was higher up their board. They had a lot of value, high value on Jermaine Pratt because he was a team captain. Jones wasn't. So that was kind of that helped there between it, but it still it just came back to the fact that I'm not sure exactly where they had him graded, but they just had Draymond Jones higher than Jermaine Pratt and they went with the higher graded player. Yeah. Yeah, can't disagree. And like I said, I'm a sucker for interior pass rush. So if he can get up to the quarterback from the inside and even be, you know, 40, 50% of the snaps this year from an early third round pick, that has some value. And, you know, we got a bunch of defensive linemen that are going to hit free agency next year. So day three, pretty much over. We're not, I'm not, it's not exactly over. It's running right now, but probably doubtful the Broncos do end up trading back up given that they traded a fourth and a sixth round pick in this year. But overall, what are your feelings coming away so far? Very heavy on the offense. Scangarello has got to be excited about that. Uh, weapons into your guy. I mean, the hit every single spot besides wide receiver. Sorry about Deontay Johnson going to Toledo. I know you were a little ups- or not to, from Toledo to the Steelers. I knew you were a little bit upset about that, but pretty good draft overall. What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I threw a temper tantrum, but when I was on a Twitter live about Deontay Johnson going to Pittsburgh, I was really upset about it. And as much as I like him, I think it was a reach. Yeah. <laughs> Early third round pick for a guy that I would have I would have happily taken in the late third, but early third, that's pushing it. But as for Denver, I really like what they've done. They went out, they have they have these needs. Even though they went and got a brought have brought in a couple defensive linemen, they went out and brought back Jeff Hireman and they went and got Joe Flacco. They got Jawan James. Like they still know that they had these other needs there. Noah Fant, that's a guy who everybody talks about how trash of a blocker he is. He's not. I mean, he has no consistency there, but there's there's potential there as a blocker. He can fill that George Kittle role. He can be move around and be a weapon. You have Dalton Reisner versatility on the offensive line. That's always great. You've got Drew Locke, that developmental potential quarterback of the future. Then you've got Draymond Jones, who's quick, has the burst, and really fits the scheme well, especially if he adds on 10, 15 pounds of muscle because he needs to get a little bit stronger. It's a great fit. They've went and addressed needs. They still have a few needs left. They could still use safety help. They can use a cover guy at linebacker. They can use depth at cornerback. They can use that speedy receiver. And they can even go get a running back to help the depth there and improve or get a couple more offensive linemen. But with what they have, like they're not going to be able to fill all of those, but they have, they've addressed these as big needs and they've done it with high character team leaders for the most part. So they are sticking to their guns from their draft last year, which everybody praised. I think that it was a little bit overrated, but it was still a, it was still a good year for all those rookies. So they're sticking to their guns. They're going with something that they figured worked. And so far, on paper at least, it's working for him again. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you at all. I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, the off obviously, I do like to dip my toe in defense as well. You know, it would have been nice to get some defensive back depth. Of those, get those guys flew off the board early second round today. You know, maybe a linebacker, maybe an edge rusher, but too many needs for one off season, you know, like going up and you needed a young quarterback. You need a lot of things. This team went six and 11 last or yeah, six and 10 last year. So, you know, that's, it's, it's going to take multiple years, but 
I do think that the Broncos yeah. got players that are going to take them steps in the right direction, and that's the best you can hope for in the draft. Yep, and what is it? As John Elway said just the other day, you can't fill every need. There's always going to be a need. You can't fill them all. Nope, and the so, ones that you think you have filled, you're going to get an injury. Yep, yeah. and uh, so they're not going to be able to fill they're, – they're not. I mean, especially with trading up for Drew Locke, but they're setting themselves up for a good position earlier, and – they also added another pick for next year. So yeah. that'll help. Yep. And potentially free agency next year. If Drew Locke is ready to step up and fill that mantle, Broncos could have a fair amount of money to play with because they wouldn't be playing Joe, Joe Flacco. So going to be interesting, going to be a lot of fun going forward, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of building the Broncos, the incident reaction to day two of the NFL draft. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH also find and Eric at Eric Trickle. Make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital to find more content covering the Denver Broncos. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and comment as your support can help us continue to bring you our Denver Bronco deep dives. You can follow the Building the Broncos podcast and all our other great audio content by subscribing to us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle and at BTB Football Pod. For Eric, I'm Nick wrapping up another episode of Building the Broncos podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you guys soon. Go Broncos. Go Draft. Go NFL. Go Fant. Go Iowa. (laughs) Good night. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.